0: Welcome, everybody, to our brand new podcast from the Action Network, The Favorites. If you're tuning in thinking, hey, where's the buffet? You've now got The Favorites. We've got a brand new series that we're launching three times a week during the football season, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You're still going to get Scooch later on in the show. He's going to come on, and we're going to talk about all the things that you as buffet listeners Have always loved, we're going to play scooch roulette where we make our best picks. We're going to go through every single game, figure out where the wise guys are, figure out why the money is moving, figure out what the market is doing. But we're adding some extra special sauce to our podcast, to the favorites on Fridays... You're going to get me and my Action Network brother, Blackjack Fletcher, and we are going to try to pick five games from the NFL slate to enter into the Westgate Las Vegas Super Contest, where at the end of the season, if we win the contest, we're going to win $1 million. Blackjack, do you think we can do it?
1: I know we can do it. We will do it. There's no if. It's only a question of when. If you're going to be gambling on the NFL this season, Chad, this is the only podcast you need to listen to. Because we're going to give five games a week, brother, and those are going to be winners because we need them. We got over a million dollars at stake here. What are
0: we going to do if you and I disagree on a game? We're going to fight over it physically. (laughs) I would like to see that happen on a podcast. I think people would enjoy a little bit of a rumble between you and me. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, the other stuff we're doing on the podcast is on Mondays, me... And our other Action Network colleagues, Jeff Schwartz and Paul LaDuca, two former professional athletes, Paul LaDuca, 10 years in the major leagues as a catcher, a four-time all-star Jeff Schwartz, eight years in the NFL as an offensive lineman. We are going to come up with a nine-team parlay bet. It's going to be your first look at all the action that's coming up the following weekend in college football, the NFL, plus anything else that's happening during the week. The three of us are going to come up with nine games that we love. We are going to enter the parlay into our favorite sports books and we are going to win a 19,000 to one bet and we're all going to retire to Del Boca Vista. Jeff and Polly, let's bring them in. How you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm fantastic, man.
1: I'm excited to get this thing going.
0: Jeff, you're driving. Let's get you in first before you get pulled over by a statey. How are you feeling about our podcast?
1: I love this. It's going to be a fantastic look ahead to the week and get everyone excited for the week ahead after uh, hopefully everyone wins a little bit on Saturday, Sunday, and uh, heading into Monday night. So I'm I'm pumped for this. It's great to look ahead to the week and get excited for some uh, action the following weekend.
0: I'm excited just to hear the trash that Paul LaDuca brings into our parlay that we have to suffer through. Paulie, what are you going to do about that?
1: <laughs> I mean, there's going to be more fading than a barbershop on this show. <laughs> like, 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 Schwartz is already fading one of my picks that I liked a couple weeks ago when we talked. He's already fading me, and he's in a car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope... Your bets are better than that. That's all I can say. Okay. Paul LaDuca, Jeff Schwartz, Blackjack Fletcher, you're all part of The Favorites. We will be bringing this podcast to people on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Next up, we have, as promised, Bob Scucci, but stick around for the very end because this is the first episode of The Favorites. We have a very special bonus interview with Mike Francesa, and when Mike Francesa says he wants to do an interview. You don't say no, you just go. And that's what we did. So stick around for the very end. Coming up next, bookmaker Bob Scucci. As promised, together with me again, bookmaker extraordinaire, representing the Orleans and all the Boyd Gaming books in the state of Nevada and the ever-expanding Boyd Gaming empire. Pretty soon, bookmaker to the world, Mr... Bob Scucci! Hey, Chad. What was that? Did you come in too early? Were you confused? What happened? Did I come in too early? Well, I, I don't know. It sounded like you started and then you paused, but that's okay. I did not. Are you nervous? Are you nervous because we're now a fully professionalized organization working with Cadence 13, and we're in a studio, and you've got like a machine that makes you sound like you're in a studio, when you're at your palatial Italian villa in Las Vegas? Yeah, a little bit. It makes makes me a little jumpy. Uh, really? <laughs> it's very daunting. It is yeah. daunting. It's scary. Well, you know what it yeah. means? What? We're, we're going to have to be better than we've ever been. I got to up my game? Here's the scary thing, and people don't know this yet, but before we came on the air, uh, we went to start, and you were like, I, I, I got I to gotta call you back because... Uh, The power's out in the Orleans. And um, it made all of us here think of Ocean's Eleven. And um, (laughs) it made us think, you know, what's interesting is we have this new theme music now, which sounds like something out of the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack. And so is there a heist going on? Like is the Orleans? We'll know
2: tomorrow, right? We've been down for about uh, an an hour and a half. Uh, (laughs) You know, what came to my mind is that UNLV Wisconsin game about about 10, 12 years ago when, when the power went out at the end of the game when Wisconsin was up by 40 points, and everyone thought we did something there too. Uh,
0: I, oh, my God. I so remember that
2: game. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, We had to refund all the bets. Wisconsin was up by like 40 points, and it was almost close to the end of the game, and the, the power went out, and they were never able to get the power back on, so they just had to cancel the, the rest of the game, and we had to refund all those wagers on Wisconsin.
0: Have you ever been a part of a heist in Vegas? And I don't mean like, you know, were you Bob Scucci, you know, holding up the MGM? I mean, like, <laughs> have you ever seen someone try to take down a casino? Uh,
2: I've never seen it, but and, and I'm not being facetious. But I but I knew someone that was a professional uh, safe cracker. He did he did <laughs> some time. But I, I'm not. Jo- I wish I was joking. I'm not. I knew this. I knew this guy for a lot of years. He he came to me when he knew I was a broadcast journalism major, and he wanted me to write his story, and he but he wanted to write it in like a trilogy with like four different parts. But the guy was legit, and he was gonna he was part of this ring that was supposed to rob uh, one of the repositories where they keep all the cash of a hundred million dollars. And but the, he didn't know that the FBI had been wiretapping him, and that he was going to be killed right after the. Uh, uh, right after the robbery. And so the FBI had to show him through these wiretaps. They actually pulled him out right before it, it happened. So it was an incredible story. But no, I've never been part of anything.
0: Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. This is what I love about you, Scooch. Every time I ask like a throwaway question, you've got yeah. <laughs> a story that goes like so much further than anything I could have imagined. Remember the dude? So for those of you who are new to the favorites and just listening, Scooch and I go way back, and many, many years ago, uh, I... Wrote a book called The Odds, which now Scooch gets credit for, uh, in which Scooch was one of the characters where I follow guys who bet on sports for a living from a bookmaking perspective and the guys who actually make the bets. And, and Scooch was um, one of the bookmakers at the Stardust Hotel, which is, you know, a classic uh, old school hotel and one of the original sports books. And the uh, movie Casino was based on the guy who was the original bookmaker at the Stardust. And so it was full of characters and there was a guy. Remember the guy? What was his name? I, I
2: do. Uh, <laughs> I forgot his name. I know what you're talking we, about. Are we yeah. allowed
0: to say, I don't even know if we're allowed to say the name, but let's say we called him Johnny. Johnny yeah. was basically um, a pimp. And Johnny stood at the end of the counter at the Stardust and he would talk to Scooch and I and one day, I swear to God, he like, didn't he pull out a bag of bullets
2: yes (laughs) yes he did
0: and it was the strange like there was always something strange happening the stars remember the time the guy got shot and like joe lupo was putting up like uh almost like velvet ropes so he could use it as a tourist attraction (laughs) well he was
2: showing people where the bullet holes were because the guy was shot he, he ended up getting killed and, but the bullet holes were in one of the TV screens and one of the, uh, the countertops. and the, So, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe had the, the, the police tape out there and everything.
0: He was a real marketer. That Joe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's crazy. Those were the yeah. good old days. Now, you're running, yeah. Yeah, now you run the Orleans. You run all the Boyd Gaming books in the state of Nevada. Uh, we are very shortly going to make you bookmaker to the world. I know your ambitions are no less than that. But you know what we've got to do? After What's months that? and months of not having any football to talk about, we finally have football to talk about. We got nice. so many games that we have to go through. We got to get to it, all right? So okay, first up, let's talk about the Eagles and the Falcons. Uh, Thursday night game. This is a great game. To me, I feel like the this game opened at 4.5. It's now 2.5. Uh, the Eagles are favored by 2.5 points. I feel like bookmakers were just they were just playing the public in this. They're like, we're going to post a high number. You guys are suckers. You're going to take it because the Eagles won the Super Bowl and you don't know any better. And you saw the Falcons lose in the playoffs. And, like, you were hoping against hope that the public was just going to steam in on that Eagle side.
2: Yeah, you almost hit it right on the head. What did I miss? What did I miss? Um well, I, I mean, we 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 didn't get caught off guard. You made it sound like we kind of were like flat-footed with it, or that we were surprised by it. But I had no. I mean, to,
0: no I, I, one. No, I said it without no? judgment. I'm just saying that's what okay. you did. That's what okay. you did. That's yeah, no, how you said the right, line. So then.
2: So then you hit the nail right on the head. How about mm-hmm. that? There you go. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, every year when the Super Bowl champs play on this o- o- opening game, we always inflate the line a little bit, but usually it actually goes even further. So obviously the public caught on. The wise guys were always on to this. The ticket count in this one's a uh, pretty good two way. So there's they're not really the, the public isn't really shading one way or the other. Most of this is is sharp money. Uh, but uh, but it did come down quite a bit. We're down to two and a half on the game. So um, I, I guess there are more a lot more uh, uh, underdog believers in this one than than favorites.
0: Do you know what I did? You took Atlanta plus four and a half. I took it at three and a half. I don't remember seeing it at four and a half. Like it might have opened at four and a half. The second the lines open, and I think it got back down to three and a half right. almost immediately. Like someone just took a pop and and went after it, and everybody moved it. Yeah, this is no. It's one of the few times I can remember where the line
2: has actually come down. Usually, usually the Super Bowl champ, no matter what line we hang, that opening game, it always usually gets driven up. So this is one of the few times it's it's come down, and it's quite come
0: down significantly. Yeah, like you're going to end up needing the Eagles in this game. Yeah, for sure. Which isn't a bad thing. I mean, uh, yeah. I took the Falcons. I took the Falcons at three and a half. Um, I actually feel like the Falcons are going to win this game. I would take them on the money line to win straight up. And I think that their defense is really good. And their offense, they have, like, talent at every position. The Eagles, Nick Foles, he's been really bad in the preseason. Which guy is going to show up? He doesn't have the full complement of receivers, uh, I don't know that that they're equipped to beat the Falcons, and I think there's potential for a Thursday night letdown.
2: Yeah, I think the game's going to land exactly three. I think we're and I think we're going to get meddled on it. You do? It's going to come right down to the wire. Eagles kick the field goal, lands on three. That'd be too bad for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a rough way to start the year. Yep. Big Tony is not going to like. Well,
2: that. you know, it's already. It, well, you know, just judging by the power outage and everything, it seems like it's already on that that path. You know, it's not it's not a good
0: omen. <laughs> you guys might not have any in the ca- any money in the cage, anyways, to pay anybody, because Danny Ocean right. could be stealing <laughs> all of your money right now. He, he might be, he might be there right now. Exactly. Good thing you're you're a state smoking a cigar, having a scotch, talking on a real podcast. That's machine. right. All right. Uh, this exactly. next game is totally, totally super interesting, right? Because uh, the Baltimore Ravens are seven-and-a-half-point favorites over the Buffalo Bills. Again, we're talking about opening lines um, in a second that really opened in the spring when these games were all being announced and everyone got excited and threw out lines. This game opened at four-and-a-half. It's like hard to say that's the real opening line, but that's what it is. So there's a big three-point move. So much happening in this game, and there has been... Even within like, the Action Network, you know I, you know that I work at the Action Network, right? I've heard that, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> even within the Action Network like with all of our friends here, this big game has caused a huge amount of contention because there's so many of us who would never bet the Ravens as touchdown favorites. And so many people are like, are you kidding me? The Bills are so bad. The Ravens have a great defense. This game's now at 7.5. I feel like I have now bet the Ravens. I bet them at minus 7. It's now at 7.5. Tell me what's happening on your side of the fence.
2: Well, like you said, we opened this game months ago, and uh, we were as low as four on this game. When we opened four, um, Buffalo had gone through a lot of changes that we didn't know who was quarterback until recently, that they announced uh, Nate uh, Peterson, uh, Peterman uh, quarterbacking for, uh, for Buffalo. So that drove the line. As soon as they made that announcement, that drove it up even more. Uh, you got uh, LaShawn McCoy with the possible suspension. That was another, uh, uh, when that was announced, that drove the line up. This is probably our most lopsided game on the board. Uh, the, the line move was not just on air. There was a lot of money on this. Uh, so this is one of our biggest decisions. It's not a public game at all. It's not like the public is just coming in on, on Baltimore, but it's, uh, it's mostly sharp money. Uh, it's a lot of... Uh, Uh, I I think the value obviously is now out of it at minus seven and a half. Uh, But if somebody was going to take a side, they'd be more inclined to bet on Baltimore than than Buffalo on this one. The last time, uh, you know, they saw this quarterback, he he threw for like five interceptions. So that's what sticks out in their mind the most. Uh, So there's nothing to to make them want to bet on Buffalo in this one.
0: You know what else I love in this game? I love the under.
2: Well, and that makes sense too. It opened forty two and a half, and it's down. It's down to forty. So, uh, when you have a, a, a very inexperienced quarterback going up against a, a pretty
0: good defense, then uh, that that seems like the play. It's not a bad play. If I win all of my bets the first weekend, which right now is looking likely, uh, do you think you will then start moving lines entirely based on what I say on this podcast? I'm I'm getting there. You're making a believer out of me. Like a wise guy, right?
2: Yeah, you're a wise guy, yeah. It took a while, but you're there. not saying it with much
0: conviction. <laughs> yeah, a little sarcasm. We mm. it on pretty thick. All right. Uh, I love this next game, too. Houston at New England. This game opened at seven. Uh, New England is a seven-point favorite. It's been bet down to six and a half. Interestingly, the money's on New England. Uh, one of us on this phone call is all over the Texans as an underdog in this game. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. What's happening?
2: Um, well, again, we've had these lines up for a long time. And at one point, Deshaun Watson uh, had had a knee injury. Uh, so the line did uh, kind of vacillate. It kind of, We got a lot of New England money early. Uh, we were up to like seven minus 20 at one point, And when it looked like uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be okay, we started getting all the Houston money. I went down to six and a half. We're back up to seven even money. And I think we're going to stay there, even though we're getting some sharp money on Houston, all the public money is on New England. The, the ticket count is about four to one New England over Houston. Most of that's in parlays and uh, just from, from the general public. Uh, like I said, that the sharp guys are on Houston in this one, but, I think we're one of the only sevens that are still out there. Most places in town are at six, six and a half. Um, I think we're going to stay at seven and just uh, uh, take our chances with a seven.
0: You're taking a side. Yeah. We're going to let you
2: bet Houston. That might might be the right side, but uh, it's not a bad thing uh, going into a game needing the Patriots.
0: Now, well, as we have often said on this podcast in the many iterations in which it's existed, you don't make money betting against Bill Belichick. No, not at all. Except guess what? <laughs> Today, this week, maybe. Huh? This could be the year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. All right. The next game is my favorite game. Been on it since the second the lines opened. I think you're going to get toasted. Uh, the New York Giants are hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. They opened as four-point underdogs. That has been bet down. Um, about... The the tickets are split, as far as I can tell, looking at the Action Network app. Everyone should download it. They can get a lot of information about what the betting markets are doing. Um, but I freaking love the Giants in this game. Oh, my God. I love them so much. I love them. I would marry them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I'm almost at the point. So many people have just made a
2: a complete turnaround on the Giants from last year to this year, and everyone's a believer in the Giants, everyone you talk to. Uh, I'm almost at the point where I'm starting to think that Jacksonville is the is the play here, just to be a contrarian, because and we did open 3.5, and, and at the time uh, we did see – early money on the Giants, and we figure that probably was a little too high. Let's move to the solid number of three and just stay there. The ticket count, like you said, is about dead even on this one, so it's not like the the, the public is really taking a side. But there are just a lot of insiders that have w- been watching the Giants' moves in the offseason. They have you know, a whole new regime, coaching, Saquon Barkley, the whole, and, and everyone's kind of jumping on them. But I think just too many people are just forgetting – about how good Jacksonville really was last year. So uh, I, I think three
0: is the right number here. Hmm. Nothing? Well, I just feel like you make a good point about the number. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I got it at four, number one. Number two, uh, what intrigues me about the Giants isn't so much that what they've done, it's what the public thinks of the Jacks. There's too much attention on the Jags. I'm never going to bet on Blake Bortles as a road favorite. Right. Bottom line.
2: Well, you've never liked their logo, too, so there's that.
0: I'm against their logo. I feel like it's kind of (laughs) nondescript. I don't think anyone's ever going to be like a fan of a two-tone helmet that looks sort of like there's ill-defined. It's one of those like southeastern teams that nobody cares about. It's like the Titans can change their uniform all they want. No one's ever going to care about the Titans. I don't think the Panthers are ever going to get a really huge fan base. The Jags forget about it. Like, all those teams in the Southeast, yeah. it's just not going to happen for them. Yeah. And and I think this is one of the most
2: intriguing uh, games for me, too, just to watch a, a, as just a, a handicapper to see, because there's so many expectations for the Giants, and Jacksonville has always had the expectations the last couple of years and kind of never quite lived up to them. So I'm really interested in in this matchup. But from the the bookmaking standpoint of this particular game, the, being that the ticket count's dead even and the number's a solid three, uh, probably not going to see
0: a lot of movement on it. Even the Falcons. Like, the Falcons have been around forever, and nobody cares about the Falcons. Name, like, five people outside of Atlanta who care about the Falcons. The only team from the Southeast that's ever resonated is the Saints. And that's because they were so bad that all of a sudden when they got good, people got excited. And then there was Katrina. So there was like a national outpouring of sentiment for them. And people loved Drew Brees. And so like, that's why they have a national following. Other than that, there's no team from the Southeast that can come out of it with the uniforms they have and the logos they have. I,
2: I agree. You're with you. I, I really, yeah, no, I'm with you there. I mean, look how good teams like the, you know, the Panthers, uh, going to the Super Bowl, uh, and still just nobody, uh, believes in this team. Uh, so I, I agree with you 100%. There's just something about the Saints, like you said, that attracts people. They love Drew Brees. They love the pa- the passing game and, uh, so so that is the only team. And for us in particular now that we have a casino in Biloxi, Mississippi, the Saints are the team down there. So uh, we're getting more Saints action than we've ever gotten before. Nice plug. <laughs> we're not just in Vegas anymore.
0: You are bookmaker to the world. <laughs> or at least bookmaker to Nevada and Biloxi.
2: And, uh, yeah, and
0: Mississippi. And Mississippi. Uh, it, well, Biloxi's in Mississippi, but yeah. we have two in Mississippi. So there you go slowly but surely your reach yeah. listen we're yeah. gonna go fast through these next okay. two craptastic games because yep. um they're the corner tv games for people that don't know the corner tv games those are the ones that like scooch puts on in the corner of the sports book because nobody's gonna want to watch them but some people might have bets on them so he's got to put them up uh we're talking about tennessee and miami ugh. yeah i mean ugh. we open two and a half we're down to one and a half
2: on tennessee they're minus one and a half but one of the the least amount of bets on 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 a game on the board this has the least amount of action by far yeah
0: you know why because it's a nondescript (laughs) team against a really bad team uh cincinnati Bengals at indianapolis the colts are minus three they opened a two and a half if they went up it's only because people saw andrew luck throw the football but again like who cares who cares about these teams
2: there's a couple of wise guys that care and we actually took some uh some nice size bets on cincinnati i was a little surprised i mean we did move it up because of luck just a little bit uh and we're up to we went up to three and they took the three so uh we may end up uh, needing indianapolis although a lot of parlay money uh, is on the colts a lot of the public feel
0: that you know with luck in there that uh that they're the team to beat here people are stupid that's just a dumb game to bet on. Tell me how you really feel. Well, it's just like it's like a bad team. I would actually bet on the Bengals in this game. Just because they're getting the points,
2: you feel like I they're feel evenly like, matched I up. I feel and- like
0: they're getting the points. I don't know what Andrew Luck's going to be. I don't know anything about his offense right now. I don't think he has any good running backs. Um their offensive line hasn't improved. Like they're not just just because Andrew Luck is back, they still have the same personnel, the same offensive line that got him hurt to begin with. It's just like Yeah. It's there, nothing better there. The Bengals yeah, you, you like look a, at what, the Bengals could turn it around. Like they, you know, they've been a playoff team with that with that group.
2: Yeah, I I, I think I, I agree with you in, on on every front. There, you, you look at what what the Giants did and compare them to what Indianapolis did. One team did a lot, and Indianapolis did nothing. So why do we have any faith in this team? None.
0: I don't even think you should right. put this game on a television set. It's a corner TV game, like you said, at the most. Yeah. Put it on by the buffet. Okay. New Orleans is hosting Tampa Bay. They're ten point favorites. Boy, this one is just getting so high. It's ridiculous. Yeah. How can you bet? I listen, I love the Saints. You know I bought like a Saints to win the Super Bowl ticket at eighteen to one. I think they're the best team in the conference. I have full faith in them. But I don't want to bet ten points.
2: No, it's it's a lot of points. This one got driven up with uh uh the Jameis Winston suspension. So so the line opened seven. Uh, with that announcement, the line went up to nine and a half. Uh, everybody kind of jumped on it. from, And then you have the public, like I said, that they like the, the, the Saints anyway. So uh, just drove the number up. It, it's a tough number. <laughs> I mean, as good as the Saints are, first game of the season to lay that many points, uh, 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 that's a lot. So, uh, uh, But then again, there's not a whole lot of uh, people that are going to back the Buccaneers Are here. the
0: wise guys doing anything on this game? Or is everyone just like, eh? The
2: the wise guys got New Orleans early at minus seven, minus seven and a half, and then like I said, after the Jameis Winston announcement, but uh, they've done nothing since, nothing recent, and none of them have taken the 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 Bucks even at the higher n- number here. So it's uh, we're going to be big
0: Buccaneers fans. The next game, I am so excited about, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns, because the Steelers opened as six and a half point favorites, it's now down to four. Uh, as the, the Steelers are four-point favorites on the road. I was all over the Browns at six and a half just because I feel like that's a lot of points for anybody to have to go on the road and win by. Now, because of all the hard knocks hype and everyone thinking, oh, this team isn't so bad, and they've been on national TV like four times during the preseason, and Le'Veon Bell, no one knows what's happening, so you don't know if you're going to get him at full strength or get him on the field at all. So all of a sudden, this game's at four, did it move to four because of hard knocks, because of what was happening with the Browns in the preseason, because of Le'Veon Bell? Why did it move? M- mostly Le'Veon Bell. The er, There was an early
2: move. I wouldn't say it was necessarily because of hard knocks, but there was just an early move. We, we opened it as high as we thought we could. Uh, with Pittsburgh on the road here, minus six-and-a-half. So some of the sharp guys took six-and-a-half really early. Uh, but the the Le'Veon Bell uh, was really the thing that drove the line down to as low as three-and-a-half. So there was – matter of fact, I think there's still some three-and-a-halves out, out there. We're at four-and-a-half. We did take the game down off the board uh most of yesterday uh, the, uh so i mean it was it was mainly just to see whether or not we thought he was going to levy bell was going to be playing or not uh still not in camp um it, we hate getting into a situation where we're taking some pretty large bets from the wise guys at plus six and a half, then go down to three and a half. And let's say Le'Veon Bell does play and the public is going to be on Pittsburgh, no matter what, whether Bell is in or out. So we just don't want to be in a position where we're getting a ton of parlay money at minus four, minus four and a half. When we've taken all the, the sharp money at plus six and a half and plus six, it just opens a, us up to a big middle. So I really don't like this game at all. I just, I don't want it to fall. Obviously. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, I, the the ticket count is about five to one Pittsburgh to Cleveland, even with uh, the the publicity around Hard Knocks and and with Le'Veon Bell possibly not at, not playing. Um, so uh, <laughs> the general public still sees a you know a zero and sixteen team here.
0: Do you know how else you get a big middle? How you go to the buffet at the Orleans. <laughs> i've got that i didn't even go to the buffet
2: and i've got the big middle
0: do we get sound (laughs) effects at the new cadence podcast do we get like a ba-dum-bum wow yeah Yeah, we're so professional now stepping it up minnesota is hosting the san francisco 49ers another one this is such an interesting game i've got a very strong opinion on this game this game opened five now it's at six and a half um when this and this moved recently, because it was at you know lingering around five and a half for a long time. Yeah, I loved it at five and a half. I love the Vikings at five and a half in this game. Why did it move to six and a half? Why is all this money coming in on the Vikings? Who is it?
2: Well, I mean, we did open what we thought would be on the low side, knowing that uh, the way San Francisco ended the season last year and the way the general public felt about them. But there's two teams that the general public both are in love with uh i mean that the, they're in love with minnesota too so uh, uh but i really i really felt like we'd get a little bit more money on san francisco than what we did it turns out both the public and the sharp guys are on on minnesota here um i i did feel like uh some of we talked about it in, in another podcast that i felt the uh season win total was a little high with uh with san francisco and i thought that the hype uh uh, in the way that they finished the season last year I, I you know it was just a little little too much uh so uh i i i mean minnesota's got a great defense best in the nfls and uh i i could understand the move
0: but i did think we'd get a little bit more san francisco money than what we did i'd have to skip this game i'd have to pass it i would not be able to bet on this game at this number but you would like it. minnesota early at the at the lower number right as they say in the sports betting business, Scooch, you got to get the best yeah. of the number. Yeah, you do. You know?
2: Yep. It's like the stock market, you know, buy buy
0: high, buy low and sell high. You know what? Um, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast. You might like this. Later on in the podcast, Mike Francesa is going to come on. We interviewed Mike Francesa. What do you think really? of that? Really? Yeah. I, I like it he's good he's good I'll, I'll have to listen to that you already, you already did that one yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh so okay. you're going to listen to the podcast you're going to listen to the podcast I'm going to listen from Mike Francesa yeah. we'll have to tell you how to find yes. it Yes. Uh, let's move okay. on to the 4 o'clock games we got the LA Chargers another team that the public is all over just loving right now um, three and a half point favorites over Kansas City this game opened at three it's moved to three and a half at this point I would say take the Kansas City Chiefs yeah I, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know why the public doesn't
2: like this team. This is a really good team, and and I expect them to be better than they were last year. Um, I I know that the that they also love the Chargers, but uh, and and they're the home home favorite. So I know we're going to get public money on the home favorite. We always do. But uh, uh, this is another surprising one uh, to me because I thought
0: uh, uh, we'd get a little bit more Chiefs money than what we did. You know what's interesting to me. I don't know why you guys give the Chargers any home field advantage at all. They're playing in like a twenty thousand yeah. seat stadium that they can't even fill.
2: Yeah, there's no home. There's no home field there.
0: So basically, <laughs> what you're saying is that like they're like this is essentially a neutral field, to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, don't think there's really
0: nothing. I mean, yeah. I don't think they're three points favorite on, on a neutral field. I think maybe they're even.
2: I welcome the Chargers' money here. I I'm, We're at three. I know there's some three and a halfs out there, and I'm okay with needing needing the Chiefs in this one. I think there's a lot of value in plus three.
0: This next game, Arizona and Washington, is pick Arizona at home. And I can't think of three interesting things to say about this game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just two programs that are going in the wrong direction. Seriously. And so there's not, there's, there's not a whole lot to get excited about then.
0: I mean, I guess the, uh, the Cardinals have Josh Rosen. Maybe Sam Bradford gets hurt and Josh Rosen plays. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Patrick Peterson runs an interception back for a touchdown. Maybe Jay Gruden's head explodes when he realizes that having Kirk Cousins was better than having Alex Smith.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that.
0: But is anybody even playing this game? Let me look at the bet totals right now. I can also, in the Action Network app, see the total number of bets. Um, Not a lot of bets on this game. No. I mean, next to
2: the other two corner games that we mentioned, uh, this is right up there with them. They can make a run for the money on being another corner game. This
0: actually has, uh, right now, if you're talking about the three least bet games, you're talking about Tennessee-Miami is one, Washington-Arizona two, Cincy-Indy three. Wow!
2: Yeah, that's that's about what we got.
0: Uh, Carolina, Dallas. I think this is an interesting game as opposed to the other one. Yeah, I like the <laughs> under. This under, uh, it's been bet down quite a bit. There's so many things to to think about here because um, it's it opened at two and a half. It's now three. The under was 44. It's now 42 and a half. Um, I got the under at 44. By the way, and uh, like a lot, of, a lot of narratives happening here. Cam, Dak, uh, the Cowboys offensive line is in shambles. Um, the Panthers playing at home with nobody caring because it's a Southeastern team, but they've got new ownership. <laughs> uh, tell me how you set this line and where the Wise guys are going.
2: Well, I mean, we have them basically two very evenly matched teams uh, that uh, uh, Carolina's really just, the home field advantage is the only thing that gives them the uh, 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 laying, laying points here. Is the only reason is because they're at home. Uh, our ticket count is almost dead even on this one. Uh, there's not a whole lot of wise guy money on either side in this one. I don't think there's any value uh, to, to either side. It's basically a pick 'em game. Uh, a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of interest, but only because it's Dallas, uh, people just follow this team like uh like they do the Lakers in basketball and the Yankees in baseball so they'll they'll always draw um a, a lot of attention people just there's just a lot of Dallas fans uh but in terms of uh money on the game uh not I mean there's not a whole lot uh, either way here well, that's that was a boring answer yeah it was <laughs> Move on. Dallas, Let's move on. Dallas. They're gonna, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna
0: get a ton of money. They're gonna get a ton of money. They're a public team, like they're the the biggest public team.
2: Well, you already covered Carolina. You covered all the the, the teams in the South that they they just don't draw a whole lot of attention.
0: People don't like them, no matter how good they are. So true. Uh, here's an interesting game to me: Denver and Seattle. Denver is a three point favorite. This game opened at two. You know, you and I talked about this previously in other versions of the podcast. Uh, Denver got a ton of money uh, in the futures market with wise guys coming in, betting the Broncos down from 50-1 to to 35-1 to to win the Super Bowl. I thought that was so utterly stupid when I heard it. Like, I couldn't believe people were doing that. And then I thought about it. I'm like, their defense is amazing. They drafted really well. The defense improved. They signed Case Keenum their quarterbacking was so bad last year. It, anything that happens is an improvement. So if you have like a middling quarterback, even with a really good defense, all of a sudden you got a team that could be on the make.
2: Yeah. I mean, this team, they take a, a good hard look at themselves and they, I mean, they just cut Paxton Lynch telling you that they, you know, that here, here's a number, uh, first round draft, uh, that we're willing to just part ways with because we see a direction here. So, um, it's the difference of, a I mean, like a, a of a program that you know that the front office can really make moves that can improve the team and sometimes they have to make those hard choices uh so I I think some of the sharp guys did see some potential here and they probably saw a little little bit of value uh, in terms of the line here again there's nothing to really get excited about Seattle with that here's a team that's been uh you know struggling the last couple of years with their offensive line and their their defense was getting long in the tooth the last couple of years and so uh uh, Denver uh, minus two and a half uh, probably probably a little value on Denver here went up to three uh, three seems to be the solid number we're getting still some, some de- more Denver money than Seattle money and uh, both from public and wise guys
0: when we play Scooch Roulette we're going to have some hard choices to make you know I forgot all about Scooch Roulette too <laughs> I know, you know why I wasn't even thinking that do you know well, why you know why why no because I keep winning <laughs> Okay. Do you know why I keep winning? Tell me why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying to hear it. Why are you so disgusted with me? I I just (laughs) am. (laughs) is it me or is it the fact that the orleans is being robbed as we speak and you're like i cannot believe i have to do this podcast instead of running to the orleans to save everybody
2: right i've got to go be be one of the two
0: i've got to go be super scooch right now and instead i've got to record this stupid podcast all right um i always win at scooch because i'm a wise guy and i know the numbers that you're making better than you do I know yeah. all the perspectives. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. The Chicago Bears <laughs> opened as eight point underdogs to the Green Bay Packers for the Sunday night game. You know, I'm a Bears fan. I normally would avoid the Bears like the plague, but yeah. I am very high on Khalil Mack. I like what I've yeah. seen from the Bears offense in the preseason. Uh, you must have gotten a little bit of money unless you just moved that half a point on the Khalil Mack signing or a trade. But, um, that number feels high to me right now.
2: Uh, yeah, it was probably a little high. It was at eight and a half. Uh, you know, it came over the wire. God, six o'clock in the morning, Vegas time is. I, is I think when we got the uh, uh, alert with Khalil Mack, and immediately after we got a, we took a ten thousand dollar bet on uh, on the Bears at plus eight and a half, and uh, we moved it quickly to eight, and then we took some more money, went down, to, went down to seven and a half. Even with the sharp money on Chicago, and I agree with you, Khalil Back is just a, a, a phenomenal player. Uh, we're still going to end up needing the Bears in this one. It's the late game Sunday night. It's the Green Bay Packers. Yes, it's a high line. We know it's high, but every parlay is tied to the Packers. So um, w- we probably don't mind being a little heavy in straight bets on, on Chicago in this one. Um, but, uh, and I think that the value certainly is there or was there with eight and a half and probably still is there with seven and a half. Um,
0: but, uh, but, but still with the public will play, Green Bay and we'll still need the bears. I might do the stupidest thing in the world and actually have to pick the bears and scooch roulette just because so I, I was
2: going to pick them too.
0: Oh, but go ahead. Oh, tell no, me why. No, no, why. no, 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 no. If you want them, <laughs> if you want them, it's your podcast. If you want them, you have them. Yeah, I'll find something okay. else to do I'll find something else All right. Why do we have Like Really bad Monday night games The Jets At the Lions The Jets are Six and a half point dogs What's that about I don't think there's, I don't think They're bad Well one of them
2: Might be But the, the, the Rams And the Raiders I think is a phenomenal Monday night game
0: I don't get excited About that I don't think The Raiders no. Are going to be very good
2: I think it's I think it's a great story just to see how good they are and and going up against this Rams team that everybody was just all over last year. I think it's a great game to to open up the season. But Not- the jets in detroit i agree but if you're going to have two games and you want one to be a throwaway make the early one the jets in detroit i think the only the only thing that I, i'd like to see is is uh, sam darnold uh, it's always interesting to see a, a rookie quarterback in his first game uh, no matter how good or how highly touted they are uh, the 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 pace of the game is just so much for a a, a rookie quarterback and uh, g- going up against detroit's uh, defense, it's going to be a struggle, but uh, that's why the number's so high. We're one of the only sevens in town on Detroit. Um, the money came in early on Detroit, um, not a whole lot. It's not, it's not overwhelming, but uh, the 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 public money's on Detroit as well. So we're going to need the Jets. I am
0: dying for a reason to take the over in this game. Can you give yeah, me?
2: Yeah, I I, I I can't. You know, especially like we talked about before with. Uh, You know, a rookie quarterback and going up against a good defense. It's not a game you want to bet the over. I mean, it could happen if you have four or five turnovers and get the over real quick with interception returns.
0: But can't Detroit score 45 points alone with Matthew Stafford? Yeah, they can. We're at 45. I mean, they
2: could easily rack up. Well, the Jets had a pretty good defense, though, so I, I don't know if they could rack it up on their own. All right. Fine. Can't can't give you a reason to bet the. Over I think this you know what's
0: one. interesting in this game. I actually was really feeling strongly about the Jets um, at plus seven all summer, and then like for some reason with Sam Darnold starting, I feel differently. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I do. I, I watched Absolutely. this Jets team last year. Josh McCown kept them in games through the first half and into the second half. Their defense was really good. Um, they played with a lot of heart. They didn't give up, and they just weren't talented enough. But they could keep games games close enough throughout most of the game that, like, you had a sweat going, and it was always within, like, a score one way or the other. Um, I just – and I don't think the Lions are very good at all. And they haven't improved, and I'm I'm sort of just feeling like in a division with the Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings, the Lions are, like, a distant, distant fourth. But – I can't get behind Sam Darnold as a seven-point underdog.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to need more. You, I would need more if I'm going to bet the Jets with Sam Darnold. I'm going to need more than seven points. All right. I, I've just seen it too many times with, with a rookie quarterback. Yeah,
0: I just don't, I don't have any faith. Oakland yeah. is hosting the Los Angeles Rams, everybody's favorite team. Boy, the public loves the Rams right now. Uh, the Rams are on the road as four-point favorites. Where are the wise yeah. guys on this game?
2: Oh, they were on the Rams. This this game moved more than any other game that we put up on the board. We, we opened up at one and a half, and this thing just jumped. It just went way up. Uh, we just went to four this week, so it, it went to three about uh, a week ago, went to three and a half uh, just before the weekend, and then uh, we just went up to four, and it's all Rams money. Uh, so... Not that we need a reason to be Oakland fans here in Las Vegas, but, uh, we're Raider fans, I should say.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, but uh, but we're going to be big Raider fan, and I think it adds to the story. You got Gruden's return. I, every, everyone wants to see that, and they want to, especially now that uh, he's trying to justify reasons for for dealing uh, Khalil Mack. It's, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, if uh, if they have a winning season, is he's going to be a genius, and uh, without Khalil Mack, and then if he if they bomb, it's going to be you know why'd you why'd you get rid of him? So um,
0: it's an interesting story, and it's a nice way to open the season. Scooch, it's time to play everybody's favorite game, except maybe yours, because you Mm -hmm. forgot all about it. (laughs) Yeah. Scooch Roulette. In this game, you get one chance to make the right pick. What's it going to be?
2: Yep. I, I like the Bears. I I I think it's too many points. I would have loved to get in that eight and a half. I think that's probably why you keep beating me too, because I keep getting the worst of the number. Wise hmm. Why's why guys always get the best of the
0: number, not that's the worst true. of the number. That's why that's why in this game, like I look, I love the Giants, but I don't like it at plus three as much as I liked it at plus four, so I'm not gonna bet that game. I actually like the Ravens now, but I don't like it at seven and a half. Um so I so that takes that off the board. Um I liked the Broncos, but I liked them better at two and a half than three. So the one game where I still have a lot of confidence, no matter what the number is, Houston Texans plus six and a half against the New England Patriots. Uh, Nobody gets rich betting against Bill Belichick. (laughs) Nobody wins scooch roulette betting against Bill Belichick. But I just feel like this team doesn't really have great receivers right now. Their defense isn't that good. The Texans are getting Deshaun Watson back. They're getting J.J. Watt back. Um, they're basically getting two, you know, first rounders, uh, in one case, a defensive MVP back into their team. And this team is loaded with talent to me. So I'm all over them. I think it's, I think it's an inflated number. I think you're, you're making the book based on the team they were last year, not on the team they are now.
2: Well, I hope you and I both win because these are going to be two of our biggest games on the board. I know the listeners are like, what? you going against New
0: England and against the Packers. <laughs> well, yeah. if they're new, they're going to learn how sharp we really are. That's true. Or we'll lose and they'll never listen again. <laughs> but that's called gambling, Scooch. Yeah, it is. Listen, everybody should uh, stick around to hear Mike Francesa. Everyone should come back next week to hear you. Yeah, it's great to be back. I'm looking forward to this year. I'm hoping that uh, the Orleans is still open next week.
2: I've got to run. I've got to go check it out, see what's going on. Okay, good luck. Go get the bad guys. All right, thanks.
0: Thanks, buddy. The man who created sports radio in New York, broadcasting legend, just launched his new app, Mike's On. Everyone should go download it and subscribe. Mike Francesa. How are you doing, Mike? Good, I'm fine. How are you? Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. So, first, tell me about the app.
1: Well, it's been in the works for a while. It's uh, really a big part of why I came back to broadcast radio. And I had this idea of doing something different for a while. A lot of me, I will produce a lot of content. I'll do my NFL show, my football Sunday show, which I've done on Sunday mornings for 30 years. I will do that exclusively on the app. I'll do, we'll do a college football show on the app. Uh, we will also uh, be on before, after, and during all the big events in the next calendar year. Thirty years ago,
0: you're working with Jimmy the Greek, right? Like, you're talking to guys about gambling. You're in that world. How much could you envision then what was going to be happening today?
1: You know, it's funny. Thirty years ago, I was even starting the fan. Uh, I started with those guys almost a decade before that, it's almost 40 years ago. I started at the NFL today in 1980, so I was a baby. So, and I worked with Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek. I worked closely with them. I wrote Jimmy the Greek syndicated column. The gambling in America is a very different place now than it was then, that's for sure.
0: All right, so I remember when you were doing March Madness stuff on CBS. Did you guys want to talk about gambling and the brackets and things like that when you were on that show?
1: It would have made it more, you know, in those days it was completely taboo. I mean, we used to sit there. Now, in those early years, people don't realize this. CBS, ESPN used to have the games all day, and CBS on Thursday and Friday wouldn't come on until they had an 11.30 game at night. And then they'd have all the games Saturday and Sunday and the rest of the tournament. But we wouldn't have those first two days in those early years of the tournament. But we would be sitting in a room, a room that we called MP2, where we would view all the games. And we'd have all the games brought in, and there'd be people who would come visit us. You know. Dan Rather would come in and sit down and watch games. Hunter Thompson actually came in a couple of times and watched games with me. So, I mean, and he was crazy, as everyone knows. But these guys, we would sit in there and talk about games and you know, who was going to win and upsets and everything else, but you didn't talk about that stuff on the air. That was completely taboo in those days. And, you know, a couple of things early on got me a lot of attention. One was picking Seton Hall to go, you know, with Imus and get the Porsche, which got a lot of national attention. Another time, I picked 10 bowl games straight out and straight up against the spread and straight up winners. I went 10 for 10 and actually got written about not only in newspapers here, but in Time Magazine and stuff like that. There was a couple of times where predictions seemed to further my brand early on. And I would pick upsets and I would only pick upsets if they were actually betting. I see, I would never, I would use the point spread while I was making predictions. People would use the seeds. I would use and say, that's not an upset. Maybe you didn't know what I was talking about, but 7-10 game, hey, that team wasn't an upset. They were a three-point favorite. I knew that, they didn't know that. So I would pick legitimate upsets and call them upsets, and I was using the point spread in those days. They were using seeds, so it was a little different. St- you know, we had a different standard.
0: Mike Leboff, who you know, who works at Action, who started the legendary Francesicon, has already told me that we are on opposite sides of the Giants. I am all in on the Giants over. I think the Giants can win the NFC East. I think the Giants can go to the
1: Super Bowl. You're not wrong. I am on the same side. You're on the same side. I think the Giants run over and and, I, and have already invested in that at six and a half. So I, you have? Yes. So a while ago. I, I happen to be of that opinion. Now, I think what's scaring people off are twofold. One, there is this prevailing thought out there that Eli can't play anymore, which is completely wrong. Completely wrong. I know I'm an Eli supporter. I like Eli. Eli and I have a, I have a very good relationship. But it's not that. I know Eli can still play. I watched him. I know he can still throw the ball. The one thing he has to do is he has to be protected. He doesn't have any escapability. He doesn't have any mobility. But I like the way they rebuilt this team this year. The key is the offensive line and the pass rush. The one thing I fear, and I like them as an over, the one thing I fear is this. I worry about teams that are marginal as far as playoffs. And I don't think the Giants are are a Super Bowl heavyweight. I think they're a— you know, they're a team that's, the number six and a half, they're not supposed to go to the Super Bowl, so I like them as a winning team this year, but what I worry about is, something can go south early, that Jacksonville game is enormous, because they play the roughest seven games you could possibly play, they play seven teams, they're all good, they play Jacksonville week one, if that game doesn't work out, the next two weeks, they're in Dallas, primetime, and Houston, which is a very good team, and then they go and play the Saints, Then they go at Carolina, Thursday night Philadelphia at home, and then Monday night in Atlanta. That's a brutal schedule. Three primetime games, four road games, seven tough games. They have to win that first week or this thing could cascade on them. If they can just be three and four, they will win ten games.
0: I think that the most crooked line on the board in week one is Jags as a road favorite against the Giants. I have already bet the Giants as home underdogs in Week 1.
1: I will say this. I agree with you on the game, but I'll tell you this. Not only is it a good bet, but it's a must win. The Giants have to have that game. The schedule plays so much against them if they don't get that game because the Dallas game is going to be tough, as you know, and the Houston game is going to be one of the harder games on their schedule. They're in 3 playing the Saints. This season could be over. You can't go on 4 in this league and win because what happens is Everything fractures. Every little problem becomes a big problem. Every little injury becomes a big injury. Just like if you can be 4-0, and teams that aren't any good become good when they're 4-0 and because they buy in. In football, you must buy in as a group. And that's why good starts are imperative in the NFL. And I, that schedule, I think, is scaring everybody off. The 6.5 is a joke as far as I'm concerned. Two other teams,
0: the Saints and the Texans. They happen to be two teams where I am holding 20-1 to 1 tickets to win the Super Bowl in my pocket right now, how much do you think the Saints, the way they ended the season last year, impacts them early, and what do you think of the Saints at 20-1 to 1 to win the Super
1: Bowl? Saints have a chance. I, I, I just don't expect the Saints to put it together. I think something always happens. I don't trust them. I, I don't trust them as a team. I don't trust them as a defense. The one problem I have with Houston, I was the biggest, biggest supporter on my show of Clemson. I picked them to win a national championship a couple of years ago when they did, when no one had even talked about them the first year, and Deshaun Watson, who I said should have won the Heisman Trophy twice. I did not think he was going to have the success he had in the pros, because I thought the way he played, he would get hurt, and he would be extremely vulnerable, and may go the way of a a Griffin. I still fear that with him. I think the way he exposes himself to hits, and the way he plays, he's going to have a hard time staying healthy, he's got talent, we know that. But I thought he would have a rough time in the pros. He scares me. I just think he's very vulnerable to being hurt all the time. That's what scares me about the Texans. Texans are talented. Um, but I think the teams that are going to be very interesting in the AFC, if the Ravens get any offense, their defense could be the best defense in the league. They're going to be, and they're well coached. They could be a team that's better than people think. And everyone's talking up the charges, which I never believe in. So that's a, a weird one. But Kansas City's offense could be very interesting to watch because this strong arm quarterback with all those weapons—that could be fun to watch.
0: That AFC West—I don't know who I'm buying there. The wise guys, the professional betters—they have actually bought the Broncos down from about 50 to one to 35 to one, a little bit lower in a lot of places to win the Super Bowl, which was yeah. shocking. But I don't know where to go in the Everybody AFC. Everybody likes
1: the char- this The real NFL guys are talking of the Chargers big time. I don't believe in the charges. I never do. They have talent? Absolutely, but something always goes wrong. I think Andy Reid, people always look away from them because he has so many problems. He's become the Marty Schottenheimer of this generation. You know, there's three coaches who did so well in the regular season who were struggling in the postseason. Chuck Knox did, Marty Schottenheimer, and now Andy Reid. I think, though, he's always good in the regular season. They have a world of talent. When you talk about having the receivers they have with the tight end they have and the running back they have, with now a quarterback who can throw the ball 90 yards in the air and, you know, has an arm, you know, left by God. I mean, he's going to make mistakes, but that could be a very interesting offense. And Andy's very good in the regular season. I just worry, is he going to drive Andy Reid nuts? Yeah, he will. But Andy will buy in when he sees how productive this will be. And really, the drops they're going to have to take to protect the speed at the outside receivers – means the tight end and the running back are going to have a party, an yeah. absolute party. All right. Up
0: or down on the Los Angeles Rams?
1: I'm going to say down from this standpoint. Everybody is canonizing them. Everyone's already acting like they're in the Super Bowl. I'm not buying it yet. Too public. Also, I just don't think they're ready yet. I just think you you have to show me more. I would be more confident that the Atlanta Falcons bounce back than the Rams step up. Minnesota Vikings, up or down? They're good. They have a lot of players. Their defense is very solid. They should be very solid. I don't think they're a championship team, but I think they're definitely a playoff team.
0: I love the Vikings. I didn't buy a Super Bowl ticket on them. I have them winning over 10 games. Their defense, like you said, is ridiculous. And it's the one, it's sort of the better's stat, right? Yards per play is the stat that every better pays attention to when you look at the box score. It's the best indicator of like, how a team performed regardless of the score. Their yards per play on defense is insane. You get Kirk Cousins, you get their running back back, you get Kirk Cousins playing in an offense that is much more consistent, that has better management than the Redskins ever did, and a defense that can support them. That's a team that has a lot of upside.
1: Kirk Cousins has to show me he's a winning quarterback. What sticks in my head is, The night, all he had to do was have one drive to make the playoffs, and he couldn't do it against a giant team that had nothing to play for. He went way down in my book that night.
0: Bad pick at the end of the game.
1: That's the night he has to drive his team to the playoffs, and there was no reason not to, and he didn't. And that stuck in my head. I don't like quarterbacks who don't put up in those spots.
0: How many bets will you make during an NFL
1: weekend? You know, it varies. It it really depends. I've even sometimes now gone to in-game stuff which yeah. in the beginning I stayed away from, but some of the values are outrageous, absolutely outrageous, you know, and you can continually make them. I mean, you know, you, you can't put big money on them. They don't let you. There's a, there's always a limit. It's not a, You can't make a big bet on them but uh, or what you consider a big bet, okay? But the thing is you can bet every three or five minutes, you know, or, or whatever the stoppage of plays are. They're going to keep changing them. I don't like how hard they hit you with the big on those, and that's one of the things that I don't like about what they've gone to now is they like trying to really charge you as much as they possibly can. They try to get too many bets off at 120 and 125 and 130. And anybody who knows that if you are a player, you cannot win at those odds. You know, the thing that wipes you out to begin with, is the is the is the big the big is always going to get you. It makes you have to play at fifty five percent to break even, uh, or to even have any appreciable you know advantage. Uh, and you can't live playing at one thirty and one forty, and they try to make you play at at least one twenty five all the time on those in games. Their breakage is way too big. I think I think they've taken too big a chunk now in those breakages. Way too big because they think people are going to do it and they are going to take it. Their middle is way too much. They they they're taking off way too big a bite now. I don't disagree with you at all. It's
0: really, really hard to do it. Do you feel like the media is going to change the way sports betting is talked about and covered with the new rules, with the new laws, with the new opportunities? Like, look, I left ESPN. Yes. I work at Action Network yes. now.
1: It's going to become much more commonplace. It's not going to happen overnight. And you can see how slow some of these states are not even move. They're not in a hurry. You know, California's talking about it might not even be on the ballot in 2021. Like so they're in no hurry. And the money will not be as much as people think in the beginning, because it's going to be very difficult to chase guys from, and, I, and I've told people this, you know people in sports who are so naive about betting, it's unbelievable. The numbers they put talk about nationally that are wagered on sports are low by three to five hundred percent. It's that, that much more. How do I know that? Because I know the volumes that some bookmakers take in, and the volume is enormous. So tell me about the biggest bet you've ever made and I why. I don't like to talk about, because you know what, I, I, first of all, it's personal, secondly, you know what, if you did well ever, you, it sounds like bragging, so I don't like to talk about gambling that way. I, I'd rather just talk about picks, wins and losses, rather than money. Money's not the is not the issue, but I like to wager on golf. First of all, it's a very challenging handicapping science, because so many people can win. Secondly. You're only looking for long shots. You know, you're not going to go in there and bet Dustin Johnson at six to one. You know, it's not worth it because you need to get a payoff. So I'm looking at guys, but what you can get is you can get live guys at 30, 60, 80 to one. I've got guys this year at sixty to one. I'll tell you right now, I hit Kepka eighteen to one. I got in the last major on Kepka. I bet three guys and I got Kepka at, at eighteen to one. He was my my short guy. I usually bet two to three guys and I will bet. One guy was a real long shot, I'll bet one that's an intermediate, 18 to 20, who so I think can really win. And then I'll bet an in-between guy. But I really like it. And my rule of thumb is, there'll be times where I'll go with a guy just because I think he's playing the best. I thought Kepke was playing the best in the world. But I like horses for courses. I look at guys, and I will take the last five years, and the guy will have to have played well in that tournament, and he will have to play well. I hit Bubba Watson twice this year. Why? Because Bubba only wins on three courses. So if you know that, Every once in a while, Bubba's going to come up. He's going to win the Masters. He's going to win Riviera. He's going to win at, at, the, at the Greenbrier. There's a couple of places where Bubba will win. You know, he wins a couple of terms, He wins up in Connecticut too, uh, up there. There's only Bubba only wins on three or four courses. Really, most of his big wins in his life have been at the Masters and the Riviera. That's pretty much it.
0: All right. If people want more, they can go to the mics On app. There you go. Thanks, my friend. My sister.
1: pleasure. Good to see you. Good luck. Thank, thank,
0: thank you. you. I want to thank everybody for coming on the podcast today. Mike Francesa, Bob Scucci. At the very beginning, it was Jeff Schwartz and Paul Duca and Blackjack Fletcher. Don't forget, coming up Friday on The Favorites, me and Blackjack will secure five picks for the Westgate Las Vegas Super Contest that will win us $1 million by the end of the season. Thanks for listening to Episode 1 of The Favorites.